Welcome to the Blockchain Hustle, where I take a look at some interesting plays of how blockchain technology is opening up new business vistas across multiple industries. Hi everyone, this is your host Meenu Sareen with the fourth episode of the Blockchain in Public Sector series. I outlined the series contents in the first episode, the transforming public-private engagement model in the second, and now in this and the next couple of episodes, I will share what some governments across the globe are currently doing with blockchain. The idea here is uh, not to list all the blockchain projects in the public sector space, but more on to sharing some of the key learnings from across the globe. Let's start with Europe. Uh, let me do a source attribute first. There is a very comprehensive policy report on the blockchain for digital government by David, Maciech and Lorenzino. I hope I have pronounced their names correctly. And I would highly recommend it for all those who are interested in further details. So let's get rolling. The first one in Europe, we start with the land title registry in Georgia. Now the objective for this particular project was to provide the citizens with a digital certificate of their land title. And uh, of course it helps the country to fight corruption as well as resolve the disputes over the property claims and bolsters the public confidence in the property related record keeping. So let me share a brief overview on this particular program. So how it works is that the citizen initiates a request to the notary for the registration or for that matter if somebody wants to verify a certain land title extract. The same as what one would do in the traditional systems. Now the notary, he registers the title in a permissioned private blockchain. The one which was used here was Exonum. And uh, the reason why a permission private blockchain was used is so that uh, who can validate the transaction, that particular thing can be controlled. Then the hashes, and uh, for those who are unfamiliar with hash, a hash is a kind of a fingerprint of the data uh, in a block. So it is an identifier for the block, okay? So the hashes of the private permissioned exonum blockchain they are anchored in a public Bitcoin blockchain. So these hashes, while the data is kept in a private permission blockchain, the hashes are put onto a public blockchain so that it is transparent to the citizens. The National Agency for the Public Registry, which is NAPR, it provides the citizen now with a digital certificate of that citizen's asset, supported with a cryptographic proof of the originality of that extract. And uh, it also gets published on the public blockchain, the Bitcoin blockchain. So any citizen can check if a particular land title is legitimate or not. The players in this particular program were uh, NAPR, of course, and the technology provider called Bitfury. Now, the outcome was the first and the foremost was a process and the cost efficiencies. There was a significant reduction in the land title registration at the verification time. To quantify the numbers that we have is that it came down from one to three days to just a few minutes. And of course, with the data uh, being available on a public blockchain, the, the hash, 
it led to an increased transparency and the reliability of that data. So this was on the land title registry. The second example that I have here is on the academic credentials verification in Malta. The purpose or the objective here is uh, the management of the academic records for the citizens. The academic credentials verification is done by the Ministry of Education and Employment. So how does it work? Now this particular program, it spanned the creation, issuance, verification of the certificates over blockchain. And uh, they used something called block certs. Block certs is an open standard for uh, blockchain credentials and it is developed by a joint venture between MIT Media Lab and a startup called Learning Machine. So how it works is that the academic institution, it sends a request to the citizen, to its alumni, to download the app, which is called the Block Certs app, and add that academic institution as an issuer. The citizen will install the wallet and accepts that institution as an issuer. Uh, sorry, the issuer as, a, as one of the entities. The wallet then generates a private as well as a public key for the citizen. The app, the Block Search app, sends the citizen's public key to the issuer, the uh, academic institute, who creates a digital certificate. And this digital certificate is signed with a private key of the issuer. And it also includes the citizen's public key in the uh, block search issuer interface application. Now this digital certificate, it automatically gets saved in the citizen's wallet, the block search wallet. The issuer will hash the certificate and saves it on the public uh, Bitcoin blockchain. So again, you see that the certificate by itself is not saved on the public blockchain. The hash of the certificate is saved. And this you will see over uh, several other examples is that, that the data by itself is saved on a private or a permission blockchain and the hash of that is saved on the public blockchain. With this, you can see that the private data is secure and uh, the transparency is there uh, on the public blockchain. The block search URL uh, which refers to this particular hash of that uh, credential, the block search URL is emailed along with the certificate to the citizen. And now the citizen can share this with the third parties. Now these third parties could be potential employees, for example, or other academic institutes for that matter. And uh, these guys, they can enter the certificate along with the URL in your uh, block search online verifier, which is a... Uh, a web page accessible for all and if a hash is found the certificate is said to be validated so it's the process is like that the players is of course the MIT media labs and learning machine from which block search has come and the Maltese government now in the outcome and this is one which I really like is uh, that the citizen gets to own the credentials as well as to control the parties with which it can, he or she can share the certificate. It doesn't lie with the with a centralized entity or with an academic institute or anything. It lies with the citizen. 
and uh, the educational entities the benefit for them is that there is an efficient management of the credentials and uh, it's easily integrated with the existing systems so there is no kind of a legacy integration issue there uh, currently this is this particular program is uh, limited to the academic credentials but it can be extended to uh, citizen records like your birth certificates your marriage certificates and uh, there is one barrier a major barrier for its international scale deployment and that is the legality of the blockchain based issuance and the verification of the certificates so while within that zone it is applicable but when you are talking about cross border and so forth then it becomes an issue and this is something which the uh, cross country legal framework etc has to be looked into on a side note uh, singapore too has a similar initiative which is called opencert that is powered by ethereum and it has been co-developed by the Ministry of Education and uh, GovTech, which is a government technology agency, along with Skills Future Singapore and uh, Neon Polytechnic. I do have a few more examples from Europe, uh, which I plan to cover in the next episode. So do keep a lookout. You've been listening to the Blockchain Hustle. Did you enjoy this podcast? If so, please do leave a short review. Like it, share it. Download it, subscribe to it. What should I talk about next? Please do let me know your suggestions by writing to me at minu at vlsiconsultancy.com or through any of the other contact channels as shared in the episode notes. Thank you.